Welcome to Leo Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. My name is Jenna Fox, and my approach to these conversations, it's less of a how-to and more of a come along on the journey with me. My way of being in the world is really influenced by my identity as a queer mama, adoptee, and witch raised in fundamental Christianity, as well as professionally as I'm steeped in the world of academia, teaching human development college classes to young people. We're talking teenagers who dropped out of high school and my licensure as a mental health counselor with a strong background in crisis work. The tarot though, man, it feels like it's the bedrock, the story underneath all of these layers that I so closely identify with. And that's what I'm here for. The conversations that I have as an introvert on this journey, where I'm talking to you, where I'm talking to others, that's what I'm here for. Let's discover that bedrock. So on today's episode, I had the pleasure of talking with Alicia Franzek of Sova Lumina. And one of the things that I really appreciated about talking with Alicia was the long tradition that she has been in the um, spiritual community. So for many of the people that I'm talking with, they have more recently come to spirituality and working in sort of that healing mode and different healing modalities, um, usually around like their Saturn return, which for many of the people it's been in like the last couple of years. But Alicia has been working since 1996 um, in the um, spiritual wellness industry. And so it was just really great to talk to somebody who has more than 20 years of experience. Um, Reading from her uh, website, Alicia is a spiritual life coach, healer, and priestess. She does energy medicine, mind-body therapies, spiritual counseling, intuitive readings, Reiki, bodywork, yoga, meditation, tarot, rituals, ceremony, flower essences, gem elixirs. And she also does public speaking retreats, workshops, virtual sessions, and online programs. Man, so many amazing things that we get to learn from today. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation that I have with Alicia. Welcome to the podcast, Alicia of Sova Lumina, and I'm just so excited that we were able to connect over Instagram and that you were willing to um, come on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I think that um, the you know the social media network uh, web that is being created with so many um, guides and teachers and um, other like-minded souls is such a beautiful, beautiful tool that we have now, so I'm really grateful for that. I know, right? It feels like there's just this like awakening that's able to be um, kind of just like happen more quickly as far as like community building, at least in my life because of social media. Yeah, it's really spectacular. I think that, um, you know, it definitely has its shadow side, right? Yes. You know, the whole addictive side of it and like the ways that it, it, we tune out or the, the comparison dynamic and like the shame spirals that people can go into, right? But I really like think that when we know that and we go into um, something with a little bit of consciousness and intention that the community that's built and the, and like, I really see it as kind of a really powerful dynamic. Like it's changed consciousness. It's changed the way we are like, we're thinking it's changing the speed at which we need to think, you know, the capacity for us has to grow and expand and our container um, just has to keep responding to it. It's interesting. So it's stressful too. It is. Yeah. It makes me think about this year. I learned that there's a grove of aspen trees. Well, that actually a lot of aspens are underground. They're from the same source. But then when we see it, we just see a grove of aspen trees and think that we're all, you know, kind of unique individuals. And each tree has its own um, issues, right? And its own experience of the world. But there's this deeper underneath. And that makes me think about um, social media and technology in general of just like how intertwined we all are. Um, and we're not even maybe consciously aware of it at all times. But that there's a beautiful community that can of individuals that can happen. We can see everyone's little like, you know, two dimensional face <laughs> um, in these pictures, but that, that the technology is connecting us all. So yes, there is shadow right, side to right. it for sure. Um, <clears throat> so 
I just want to, you know, kind of open the podcast with the ability for you to really introduce yourself to the listeners, um, you know, who you are, maybe where you are in the world, kind of any of those things that stand out to you as being in an important um, part of the introduction. And then we can just kind of chat about how you got to where you are right now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my name is Alicia Franchek and I am, uh, Soho Lumina is the, the nomenclature that I've taken as a business, um, slash, uh, spiritual path. And it's a uh, kind of an embodiment of my guides and my guidance. And, um, it's, it's, you know, got some different lineage and, um, and, and energies in there that I'm, that I'm grateful for, particularly the owl, particularly, um, some of the, some of my ancestral, um, Polish descent. And then this light, this light body uh, aspect of who we are, this, um, you know, because regardless of where we're from on the planet, there's kind of this whole other non-physical part of us that's so Mm -hmm. connected to the galactic way. And so I feel like one of the things that I've been doing, um, in my work is really trying to embody and bring forth this connection that we have between the physical and the non-physical to get us to see that we are actually non-physical beings. You know, I started out about, um, I guess, 18 years ago doing body work. Um, uh, when I started working professionally in this way, right? Like my, I, I had gathered all of my, all of my interests in spiritual discovery that I've been working on for a few years before that, and then had brought it into this massage school and was really excited about um, working as a healer and had, had shifted that from like a pre-med track a long time ago. My family are doctors and nurses, and they have this um, real Western um, idea that the healing for me was really still powerful. And so touch physical being around people and but also really I was fascinated by the ways that we were able to create change actually in those non-physical moments that it wasn't but what touch could create beyond the surface you know um and like it wasn't just about opening a muscle up it was about like really creating a deep bond of compassion or like an emotional release and while I was in school, I was really lucky. I started my um, Reiki training and my energy work. I kind of went that route, right? Instead of like the medical um, mm-hmm. medical massage route. But I, so I really was fascinated by this mind-body connection and the energetic ways that we all work together and um, the, the kind of another mechanism of composition that, that we have. And, um, and so that was, that informed a lot of my practice and then intuition, you know, um, and, and all of the spiritual awakening that comes from that and just kind of kept following that and studying more and learning and, um, you know, had a lot of different, you know, uh, cycles of my own healing as a result of that, you know, I'm still in a healing process. I think that that's really important, you know, like that here we are like 20, 25 years into our own spiritual path and can still be very much engaged in like the clearing and the cleansing and the opening to pull more things in. Um, So that's kind of why I, the the work that I do, I think is about helping people open to those other possibilities and take everything to the next level. It's a lot of um, it's, it's, it's almost like I talk about like there's, there's not really a choice anymore, right? Things are changing so fast on the planet that we kind of have all been feeling the tension and the, the chaos and you're seeing it on the collective level, right? Like all these systems of, um, you know, this, this cultural oppression and the systemic oppression that's been happening, financial systems and, um, you know, all, like, you know, this, the, the, the patriarchy, the follow the patriarchy. Like, it's, it's like actually like a, like a, like a term, like a catchphrase that we're finally, you know, talking about like the systems that need to come down. Um, and so I really still feel very connected to, again, the physical, like what is happening in the physical world and seeing how, we are all awakening as, as this, like, and this energy matrix of connection, you know, like this, this consciousness is like really um, like the thoughts and the actions that we're able to take in the physical are happening because we are opening to such greater new experiences because we're opening um, to new, new forms of light, um, holding those light codes in us. And so it's kind of like, it's weird because I feel like sometimes I'm trying to talk about things in the physical and sometimes I'm, I'm like way out there with like this 5D spiritual technology stuff. But I feel like um, I don't want to just live out in the love and light world, 
you know, I don't want to ignore. And I feel like it, it, um, you know, it's such a, it's a pitfall and one that I've fallen into for sure in the past, you know, like it's really easy to kind of step back and say, you know, like, let's just, um, let's just send some love and light and not actually do any kind of work in the physical. So I think that that's part of what I'm trying to do now is it's find this merging of, you know, how, how we are living our lives on a day-to-day -day basis, how we are dealing with like the changing world, this changing planet, this planet that is in this dying process as a result of our, our human hands, you know, and how we um, still can hold such powerful um, embodiment of our divinity within us, you know, and not lose it, you know, like not, not just fall apart, you know, with the, with, 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 with the grief and the despair, you know, but like, how do we, how do we hold all of it and keep creating something new? I love that. And it makes me, I mean, as I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, okay, all of what you're saying sounds so beautiful and pertinent to 2018 as we're heading into 2019. And, and then to know that you've been doing this work for, like you said, 18 years <laughs> and, you know, the, the spiritual um, kind of like exploration that happened before that. And it just makes me wonder about like the changes that you've seen. Cause I'm guessing, well, I, I, I got Reiki certified in 2007, but it didn't seem um, to be something that was ma mainstream, but not definitely not mainstream, but, but also kind of not really in the spiritual um, community that I was a part of at the time either. So I'm just curious that to, to have you talk about sort of that progression or what you saw then versus like kind of what you see now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, that's a really good question. Cause I feel like it, um, I think the, one of the biggest differences right now is that everything is faster. Like mm -hmm. everything feels like faster, more present, like every day something is different. It's like this cataclysmic, like, you know, when like the ground that you're standing on is kind of like rumbling and shaking and like, you can feel, Oh, okay. Things are going to change this earthquake. The, 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 the plates beneath us are moving and we get it right. There's a release of energy. And then all of a sudden you're in that part of the earthquake where like, everything's like, like the ground is rolling, you know, yeah. what am I doing here? And so I feel like that's the, the, the difference now is that we kind of don't have a choice about how strong and resilient we need to be in order to respond to this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of my, that's, I mean, I guess it's one way to answer the question. The other way is to like, look at, you know, like when I was starting this, yeah, I was, um, I was living in Pittsburgh at the time and coming in at kind of this alternative wellness, spirituality stuff. And it was definitely a little bit of ground floor work, you know, like people that were talking about like, um, you know, like your light body and dimensional work and galactic stuff were like pretty out there. And I right. think it's like, that, that new age classic kind of, um, paradigm of like thing, people that feel so disconnected. And I, and I don't want to discredit these people because I feel like there's a, there's a lot of validity in the things that they say, but that like the cultural perception and also perhaps the, you know, the social pockets and therefore their efficacy were, um, burdened by this, like, um, yeah, this kind of like just blissing out kind of movement. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so it was hard to find where I wanted to be, you know, and not be like openly like the weirdo, right? I um, definitely always felt like I had one foot very much grounded in the physical and wanting to be part of like um, community in other ways. And so I felt like I've done a dance my whole life. Like, how do I identify myself? Am I like out there in those, those crowds where like, um, where oh. you, you feel like, you speak the same language, but it might feel isolating, mm -hmm. you know, or do you um, hold on to these other social, like comfortable places that have a lot of um, really valuable things, great friends and family, you know, that don't speak my language. Right. You know, right. So that alone has been a process, I think um, as well. And I think it's, it's something that, that everybody feels as they're beginning to shift into a more authentic way of being who they are. And you realize that, yeah, like there is a little bit, isolate of isolation when you start to come out but at the same time what is great is that there are so many more people like you said that are like like this is such a more common um like you know i i love this like ability to like talk about how when people go into like urban outfitters or something and they're seeing like 
every, like half the books on the shelves are like astrology and mm -hmm. witches. You know, you can buy your rose quartz at Urban Outfitters. And like, there's like a real, like, there's a real problem with that. I get this. You know, there's definitely a real problem with that in that it's probably not, um, you know, keeping in mind the, the, the roots of it and the authenticity of like the sourcing is that, you know, like when we're getting our white safe, yes. coming yes. from and these are all really important questions to ask. And yet there's a part of me that looks at this also and says, hell yeah. You know, like I'm so excited that what is happening in these mainstream outlets is this, because basically all it's doing is mirroring to us the reflection of the consciousness that's out there. Right. It's basically just distilling the, the current like, like rise, the trend and a trend in, a, in, 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 in the pure sense of the word is what I'm saying, you know, not the trendiness. Um, and so it, it can distill a, a spiritual trend and make it trendy. And I feel like that's a great place to start. Not just let's, 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 you know, discount that it has any validity, but I think it's a real reflection of where we are now that so many more people are accepting this. So many people are reaching for their, for their, like their, their ancestry. So many people are reaching for the, um, the ways that we can rise and heal and hold each other like in our, 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 our witchy dance, you know? And I think it's beautiful. And I hope that what this is, is like, I hope that those places are just the beginning for people that they, they tune into whatever book they got or whatever practice they started as a result of this trend or this, you know, fancy, you know, lifestyle blog, right? And then they turn it into something that feels different because they feel something from it, you know? Yeah, I was actually listening to um, a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend the other day, and um, they had a cook on the show. And one of the things that she was talking about was how sometimes in the world of like eating, there's um, this, this idea that like you have to have everything be free range, organic, like the highest quality. And she's like, I want people to get there but I want you to stop eating fast food and cook like at grocery store food is okay. Like actually cooking and that there's this progression and this learning process. And the more that you, um, like hold your rose quartz that you got from Urban Outfitters, the more you start to think about, okay, well, where did this come from? And that there can be that awakening and that opening um, instead of just sort of automatically assuming that everyone who comes to witchcraft or comes to Reiki or comes to any of these practices is kind of like already on that master ascendant level. And I really mm -hmm. liked that perspective because I think as I've watched my, my process um, unfold, I mean, I was just talking to a friend yesterday about how I've just been working on embodiment. Like I spent a lot of years growing up just kind of surprised that people noticed that I had a body <laughs> because I was like, I'm actually a soul inhabiting a body, but I spent a lot of time in the realm of um, just disassociation is what we would call it. <laughs> but it was really like, I was just in my magical thinking soul self. And I'm like, oh, I'm physical. And so I love that that's what you're talking about is like, how do we weave those two together? Because it's not just about blissing out and love and light. It's like, oh, we're physical bodies in this physical time and space. And we have a responsibility. Mm -hmm. We do. And, and, and the, the bliss part, the blissing out part is kind of like the first part of, of the, of the opening, right? Right. It's the first time that we feel something other than this, like, Oh, this heavy, like, mm -hmm. you know, restriction. But the problem is, yes, that over and over again, when I see with healers, when I'm working with them I'm, and when I'm trying to like coach them into like how to like anchor into a stronger place is you, this, you have to go down into your root and go into like, everyone wants to crown chakra, open this up and that's great. But if you're not really connected with your root chakra and the earth star chakra and like down in the earth of it, mm -hmm. you can't go up higher. Like you have to build an anchor. You know, if you reach down first right. in order to keep rising and, and that puts us in the places that are really uncomfortable. You know, our bodies have a lot of uncomfortable messages over the years, you know, mm -hmm. that um, and so the physical alone and like, what, what, maybe we've been in dynamics and relationships that have been, been full of trauma and why would I want to do my work there? You know, why would I want to do my work in, with those people? And so the, the, the coming out of it and escaping that can happen 
um, blissing out. It's a real like first step, which is great to feel the bliss, but then to come back in. You know, yes. If we stay out there, then it's escapism. Um, and spiritual bypassing, I think, is a great term that a lot of people are using now. So hopefully it's out there enough that, you know, like I, I, I hope that that's also part of the, like, you know, like you get your, you get your rose quartz and then you also read that article about spiritual bypassing and you go, Oh, Oh wait, now I have responsibility. Yes. Yes. For people who may not be aware of spiritual bypassing, do you want to give a quick definition or how you've seen it kind of show up in your life? Yeah, spiritual. I mean, it's, it's a lot of what we're talking about in that, you know, we, we can, we hide behind when, when people are spiritual bypassing. And again, this, this is a, it's a very easy thing that, that can, it's kind of like that insidious thing that can, that can creep in because once you open up to a lot of these um, ideas, spirituality is really beautiful and it's really loving and you feel so good. And yet it's really easy to kind of like dismiss the otherness mm -hmm. within you know, we kind of like shut down our responsibility in the physical, again, the love and light idea that, you know, when there's something happening, when, when like there are men, women, and children that are, um, you know, being like in, enduring the trauma and the, and the racism and the oppression that they are like, whether it's migrant order or whether it's, you know, like understanding that this is happening in your city and like in, in the industrial jail complex, you know, like that there's, how do you, how do you, how do you open your spirituality to include all of that and recognize that your thoughts around sending love and light are not going to work. And so there's a, the idea, another way to talk about it, I think is that um, there's a concept called non-attachment in yoga. And I think yoga holds a lot of like people's big opening spiritually for, for a lot of people like they're seeking, where is my spirit go? And we're not going to church anymore as a generation. Mm -hmm. Yoga studios have been a first stop for a lot of people. I've also been a um, yoga teacher for a lot of years in the past and I'm not teaching right now. Um, but that was definitely a, a, an excellent way to work with people and work with the body in a sacred way um, and really heal the body in a sacred way. But then recognizing that sometimes this, this idea of non-attachment was used in a way to detach. And I tried to talk a lot about it because it was like the difference in non-attachment. We need to look at our feelings, look at the situation and see what's going on around us. Like when we see, again, this world that's doing what it is, when we read our headlines, you know, and, um, and it's like, it can gut us. But the alternative is to kind of like check out and say, I'm going to just meditate and send yes. energy right? right which and this is where it gets tricky because i definitely believe that that works you know i just don't think that that's where you can stay i don't think that that's where you stop you know you also right. call your representative you also show up for um supporting the people in your community that need your support um because there's real, this non-physical, right? We, we definitely create change when we sit down and meditate in groups. We definitely can use our energy body to create a ripple, a shift, to activate this like ancient and, and timeless and celestial connection. And I believe and see it happen so regularly. Like this is the way, like this is how, I, how I've gone through a lot of my transformation personally, you know? But I feel like if people just tune into that then that's more of a detachment a practicing of detachment like there's a separateness and not a connection still right it's about the both and being able to kind of do and live in that spiritual and then also the the very physical acts of like going to a protest or calling your representatives um, yeah. I hope I explained that well because spiritual bypassing is actually a really rich topic. I do encourage anybody to kind of do a, do a quick Google search of, <laughs> of that because there will be some good information, like a bullet point list of like these 15 things. If you've ever, you yeah. know, like, these are the 15 common phrases for people that are spiritual bypassing. And like, you know, you'll, you might see yourself on like one or 15 of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just like just using that again with not with non-attachment saying, oh, okay. Right. And it's not, and I would say that it's, for me, is that it's not like 
those people's spiritual bypass and I'm fine. Or, you know, it's like seeing myself on that list of like, well, where do I spiritually bypass? And mm-hmm. I might be really great in some of these other areas of like, yeah, I want to post on Instagram about shadow work or digging into this. And then how often do I just, I'm just not going to look at the news today, or I just not going to do this or do that. And it's like, I just want to, you know, look at pretty pictures or <laughs> and, and being able to kind of constantly be checking in with my self and, and seeing where I fall on the great spectrum of spiritual bypassing. There's, um, it makes me think of this wonderful analogy that I kind of, I kind of like think of this metaphor a lot when I start to get overwhelmed by all of this process. Um, and it kind of goes back to community, but it also like, so basically when there's a flood, when you know waters rise especially down here in the south i'm in new orleans now um i was in pittsburgh but i'm in new orleans now which is also an interesting story about like you know just following uh, a path right yeah now. but uh but i uh when fire ants are a thing here right which is like so now when you're now when i'm walking out in the parks i'm like looking at the ground as much as i am looking up because every once in a while you can hit a pile of fire ants mm. um and so but hearing about it then like with the floods and they're like, oh, no, 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 when a fire, when the floods come and the fire ants are part of this, they're floating, right? But what they do as a community, they come together and form this huge floating raft, which I find terrifying and also like really inspirational, this nature doing its work, right, to survive. But what happens is, you know, every, if it was just one ant, it would, it would drown in the flood. Right. Together, and they make this huge raft. And the thing is that like, there are ants on the top that are in the air, that are breathing, that are supported. And then there are ants that then have to be on the bottom to support that. And it's just an acknowledgement that you know when it's your turn to go down and do the work. Mm-hmm. You know when it's your turn to go go lean in and support. And then when your, you know, when your own mechanisms for providing care for yourself are at risk then you go back up and you rest and you look at pretty pictures and you relax and, right. you, and you turn off the you you know you spend time doing the things that nourish you like really deeply nourish you so that you can come back and do the work um and we walk back and forth between this process a lot i think and have to become more and more resilient for that yeah um, you know on a physical level, on an emotional level, and on a spiritual level. So one of the things that I just um, worked on was, because I I do a lot of work with healers, with um, coaches, with like the people that are doing the work, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of my clients are out helping other people. And then one of the things that I love doing is helping to support them to go do the work. Um, And there's a reinforcement because there's so many more healers now, right? There, yes. There's so many more people that are, they're opening up to this. And I think it's really powerful. And so being able to help and see the ripples have been really, really beautiful on my end. I'm, I just get, I, I it's, it's overwhelming sometimes being able to see the ripples of how that works. And one of the things that I taught recently is this boundaries, um, a, a course on energetic boundaries and spiritual self-care, because it's about, how do we see ourselves as an energy body when you recognize that you're out in the world and you're interacting with other people and there are these like lines of energy and currents of energy that are connecting and that if you're not actively cleansing yourself and cutting cords if you're not actively opening your channel and grounding and using your root chakra using your earth star chakra using your crown chakra using your soul star chakra you're not actually like like it's it's another way of saying like okay we go to the gym to take care of our muscles we go to the grocery store and we cook our food, you know, but like we have to also spend time working with the energy body because there can then be these residual, like the anxiety is higher, the depression is lower, the um, distraction, brain fog, like can really happen when we're not, when we're, we're so open. And so, and um, I keep, I just keep rambling, but like it keeps, I feel like it is all kind of connected when we were talking before about how everybody is um we're rising into a new era of intensity and that intensity is external but it's also internal we are becoming increasingly sensitive um you know empathic uh people are that's a term highly sensitive people is also 
now a term. So like when we're empathic, it's like we're really feeling the feelings of other people. We're really connecting deeply into the energies that they're putting out there. And highly sensitive people have that same, like they're all, it's all part of the same spectrum, right? The same connection. And how do we care for that? Especially if we are highly sensitive, empathic people and helping others on a regular basis, this caregiving aspect. And um, we need to get stronger. You know, we need to use our moments of resilience and, and fortification um, to learn how to be better healers for the rest of for, for, for where we're going next, because it's only going to get crazier. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I love that that is your focus is helping, um, helping healers have those, those strong boundaries. One of the things, my background is in mental health counseling and I spent, um, close to two years working as a crisis counselor. And one of the things that was so beneficial because it was a very intense job um, is, is having sort of the, the supervisors, the people that have been, that are, they were currently walking the path, but also had just sort of transitioned out of the, um, the direct line of fire, I guess, and were helping support us was that Without them, it it was even with them. It felt lonely and exhausting and overwhelming. And so, to be able to, I know, um, you know, I was working in really in a physical way because I was going into people's homes and doing a lot of the stuff in the mental health system. But to be healers, just kind of out on your own. I have friends that have done massage or Reiki or other things, and it can feel so lonely. And like you have to be everything to yourself. And so it's great to have that supportive um, mentoring supervisors, people you can go to, to get some of that additional support so that it's, it's multi-layered and it's not just like, it'd be great. It's great that we're all, you know, having this spiritual awakening, but if we're like those ants and we just think that we're by ourselves, how much more easily are we going to drown than if we have that terrifying life raft of other fire ants? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we're, we're um, creating some, some more beautiful things than a, a raft of fire. And it was all <laughs> I know when I was listening to that story, I was like, that would make a great uh, scene in a movie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you ought to have that like intricate web of people who are kind of doing the work together, but people who've, you know, just by the fact that you have 18 years of experience is so helpful for somebody who's six months or four months or two years or five years into into the journey. Not that you maybe have all the answers, but you definitely have experience and maybe some answers. Right. I definitely don't have all the answers. And I think that that's important also like that we look at the people that are our guides, our elders, our mentors, and recognize that they are also humans having a human experience, that healing is nonlinear, that there is a, a, a lens of perception that they are also experiencing the world through. Mm-hmm. And that um, in there's this kind of like uh, this guru effect, right? Where we don't want to hand over too much of the responsibility right to somebody else we always have our own responsibility to heal and i try to talk about this a lot with my clients like that i am here to be a facilitator of your empowerment and you do not get empowered when you believe that i'm the one with the answers right you don't get empowered when like i'm the one doing the work for you when like i'm feeling your aura every time now granted you know don't get me wrong there are times when like (laughs) that that's necessary because your skills might not be like up to mm-hmm. what is required in order to do it. And there are still times when I am using, like I definitely have my own mentors, my own guides. I am getting supported regularly because I am also working regularly. You know, it's like it, it they go hand in hand. It's proportional. The more work that I do, the more work I need to receive, the more, the more ways that I need to, um, integrate and understand myself and learn about my own patterns and um, get insight on something or receive a new awakening and energy kind of healing so that I, I can embody more of what I'm supposed to bring in, you know, and it's been proportional. The more work that I do on myself, the better I am at the work that I'm doing. 
Yeah, I work, uh, my my um, day job is as a community college instructor. And one of the things that I talk with my students, because many of them have had pretty rough experiences with like the K-12 system. And um, I say, you know, I'm a part of your community. While I stand on this side of the desk, I'm a part of your community and I'm doing the work with you. When I give you an assignment, I do a version of that. It may not be the same career research paper every quarter <laughs> that I do, but I'm actively working on these things because a, it helps me grow as a person, but it also is a really great touchstone to remember what it's like to be given homework and deadlines and have to do things and do things I maybe don't like or make me uncomfortable. And I see a real difference with my students in, in like what you're saying is like kind of like walking the walk as you talk the talk and not just, I know so many um stories of you know students where they're just like they just hand out these papers and it just seems like they think that they've arrived as just because they're the instructor and i'm like i don't want to ever be like that <laughs> no. right it's interesting and i think that that's also one of the you know quote unquote trends in the spiritual community that we're seeing is that there are a lot of new healers out there and i've been a new healer don't get me wrong you know um and and the 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 problem is it's like this catch 22, right? There's a lot of things about spirituality that's very simple. That are, it's just very simple, stillness. It is the most simple concept, mindfulness. It is the most simple concept, but the actuality of it, mm -hmm. the practice of it, the embodiment of it is sometimes excruciating and it takes a long time and it's a practice that comes and goes and ebbs and flows and the learning of the nuances that happen as a result of practicing those things, um, are, are, like time is an investment that brings wisdom, right? There's like there's that difference between knowledge and, and wisdom. And when we're talking about spiritual truths, like there's a lot of books out there, there's a lot of great ways to read it. And I think that I, I don't wanna discredit the fact that it is simple and accessible, and that's really a beautiful thing. You know, when I do the Reiki attunements for people, I'm like, yeah, anybody can come. And mm -hmm. this is for anybody, and, and yes, you will actually be able to do this, but the, but this is just the first moment, and now you go out. Right, and right. Now you there's a whole journey ahead. Right, right, mm -hmm. right, and um and it changes, and it's it's like a, this evolving, beautiful dance that you get to explore and learn about. It's not a linear progression of graduation through things, although we can see like maybe general phases. You know, there's like a knowledge phase, and then there's kind of like this um this virtuoso kind of aspect like for a long time i felt like i was like this jack of all trades but master of none you know like i was just like able to collect and absorb and pull all these these pieces of information in. and then i kind of like really honed in on skills and and embodied those skills more fully in a way that has created mastery in some ways and i really do and i'm not not in an ego but i really feel like there is this point where you can understand that you you it's like yeah the eat sleep breathe it kind of right right <laughs> it's sort of like i remember the first time so i live in the pacific northwest i live in seattle and uh, it doesn't snow a ton um my parents actually live in eastern washington where it snows more which is where i learned to drive but i remember um at a point where i think i had been driving for about 10 years and I got myself into this really sort of sticky snow situation and I got myself out of it. And I physically felt this like bodily remembrance of how, when I was just like, I had been driving for like six months mm -hmm. and, um, or maybe it was a year cause my birthday's in the, in the winter time. And, and I was in a similar situation and I managed to get out of it at that time too. And I was sort of like cocky and like, yeah, you know, I got, you know, I got this or whatever. And, and 10 years later, I was like, I, oh, I knew nothing. I knew so much and I was able to go through that situation. But now 10 years later, the reflexes, the experience, just all of the nuances of just driving exist in my body in a different way. And I'm still learning. <laughs> you know, I'm still, still experiencing different things on the daily, but there is something about that time and that experience and that repetition that um, just, it's just different now. 
I'm going to have my teenage daughter listen to this. Not a drive right now, exactly. And that's the, but that's exactly that. You know, we get to this point where it's like this struggle, and I'm like, stop the car. And she's like, but I am stopping. Everything's fine. I'm like, look, I need you to kind of like understand that there's a, there's a difference. Yes. Right? Like, yes. Yeah. That, like that. You know, you're doing a great job with this, and it's like a skill that you're 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 getting this comfortable confidence, and that is important. You need to feel the wind, you know, like we need to feel our spiritual winds. Like if we can mm-hmm. like, oh, we understand this concept, we can move our energy through our field. We can, you know, we can create openness and space somewhere of our own action, you know, but then to understand like for, at least with her, I was like, but, but there's like, you know, that doesn't, just because you've done it this, in these moments, like there's so much more and so much depth. And I love the way you explained it. Like, and that's something you only get later that's something you only understand I think maybe down the road or feel the perspective right. differently you know right um, like at 17 I was very competent as a 17 year old and at 37 I now have a different <laughs> just depth of confidence or, or competence I guess in, yeah. in that and that empowerment is important like it's important for a 17 year old to feel empowerment it's important for for newly awakened spiritual um you know explorers to feel like excited about this and mm-hmm. like and like they've discovered this amazing thing and like they want to share it. Like, I love that. Um, and I think that it's a balance between how, like, then, then there's the overwhelm, right? There's also the point I remember, like, and I still do this sometimes, like still do this, where I look around and go, oh my God, there's so many things I don't know. Yeah. So many things I don't know. And I just have this, like, then like that anxiety creeps in because I have this, like, like I just want to, I just want to like know everything, you know, like I want to understand it all. I want to travel to every location. I want to listen to every piece of music. I want to see every beautiful piece of art, you know, like I want to fill myself with all these like amazing experiences. And then you go like, Oh no, no, it's okay. Like, right. Right. I'm right, I'm right where I am. And this is enough. And it's okay. There's a grief process there that goes into that of like me recognizing that I am not going to know everything, that it's just not possible for me to explore every possible thing that I'm interested in. And, you know, that's where, that's where the soul, the soul, um, you know, after I leave this physical body, maybe I will then reclaim some of that, like knowing everything or having more, not being bound by, you know, earthly space and time. <laughs> right. And perhaps it's a part of us that actually already knows that we do know all of these things that we have already touched it. We have already created it. We've already you know, like been, been the breathing mechanism of the, its birthing process and like having that remembrance somewhere too mm-hmm. that we are all connected and it's, it's more linked to that. Like how do I expand into this allness, into this yeah. absoluteness? Sort of like a, lo- that, you know? a longing for that remembrance, for that like real Absolutely. remembrance and understanding. Okay, well, we are coming up on time for today. And what I want to do is give you space to share um, things that you're working on, um, things that, you know, how people can kind of get involved with you. We've been talking a lot about how you work with um, healers and mentors, uh, mentor them and kind of give, provide guidance. And um, so, yeah, just really like the space for you to kind of share some specifics, things that you're, you're doing in the next, you know, couple of months, how they can get involved with you. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of different um, tiers, I guess, right? So um, anybody that's kind of new to their awakening, I definitely work with people at that level. I do a lot of private one-on-one work. Um, and I also um, do classes and workshops in that sense. I have a moon circle um, to kind of get a taste of what I'm doing and this kind of um, the, the cyclical aspects of the trends that we're working with. I uh, have a moon medicine circle. We meet on the full moon and the new moon. Um, and it's kind of an open energy circle that I hold for about three days. So you don't have to attend the live event. I keep the circle open for you to pop in when you can. And people really you know, feel the connection in that space as well. Um, and there's a lot of um, ongoing support throughout the month as well. I try to um, stay connected and, and pop in for quarter moon readings and things too. So it's kind of like a trends and healings. I do an energetic healing and a guided meditation for each one as well. So it's kind of like curating. I always say like, I'm not an astrologer, 
but I will curate and I will bring through intuitive information for you in this group um, in that sense. So it's kind of like a, a way to condense that information and work and work with people um, and stay connected with clients that, that come and go through their, through their healing cycles too. That's beautiful. Um, and I, I'm assuming that that's like uh, online. That is an, yeah, those, that's online. I, most of my work is online. I mean, I see, I have a lot of people that I still see in Pittsburgh and sometimes I'll travel up there and I have a lot of people um, that I've been working with in New Orleans. And so I'll see people in person when I'm in the right place and I love yeah. to travel. Um, and so that's part of what my, you know, as my daughter is going to be transitioning out of the house very soon, um, my, my setup is creating more of this online virtual work and also travel-based work. Mm. So this, um, what's been coming now and what's been birthing in the last um, months and coming forward is this mystery school. Um, and the idea that I will be holding space for people to do the learning, do the development of like um, a, the personal development, the spiritual development, right, that's required and, and kind of holding, holding space for their process as they're going through the awakening and understanding themselves, but also providing um, information and tools in like the knowledge sense coupled with like this, this mysterious activation and opening of the energy body to, to facilitate the, um, the level of consciousness that's required. And the, again, this fortitude that we've been talking about to hold that space and take it forward because we, there is a calling, you know, our souls are really calling us to open and it can be really chaotic with all the information that's out there. Again, I'm trying to create a container that can feel like a safe space to explore while providing access to a lot of things. So the very next, like, the it's kind of a version of an apprenticeship kind of thing uh, with personal work, with um, group work, with um, classes. But then this this next thing that I'm doing right now is a soul star activation, and this is one of those things that has just come through from spirit. Really, I've been following this path it's like a whole long story about like you know the last few years last decade this has been being birthed for like a decade this mystery school uh, um the the soul star activations basically i'll be traveling um to sardinia in italy and again this location was chosen for me in meditation this is this is kind of like something i've just completely surrendered to but understanding that it's it's spirit is putting me on the land in a specific location um that has to do with moon uh the moon lineage the mother goddess lineage this is like six thousand year old sites of um of worship and connection right these stargates and um being able to kind of connect with people that i work with now with these solar star activations before i leave and then when i come back and then while i'm there for the full moon lunar eclipse um and it's the it's mysterious it's mystical you know it's uh there's not a manual for this one necessarily there's there's an ex there's an explanation and exercises that people will be doing and there will be um guidance but this is basically a linking of your high self your divine self that energy body that's coming through down into the physical and anchoring it and these temples these sacred sites that's where the, that's where it happened it was earth and sky meeting it was the stars coming into the body and um, so I'm really excited about exploring what, how that's going to look, you know, because there's a part of me that's really just going along with the flow and putting myself in the right space, right time to be the channel for it. So I'm excited to see what it's going to look like as well. But it's yeah. definitely unique and personal for each person. So that sounds amazing. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait to hear I'm, I'm, like an update on that because that just sounds like, I mean, for me, it's like mind blowing, soul blowing, like just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that soul blowing. That's like, exactly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just, it just sounds like 2019 is just going to have some um, pretty amazingly rad experiences for you and for the people that are working with you. So that's just awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, the last question, the one thing that I kind of always ask people is, um, you know, the tagline of this podcast is tarot and creative intuition. And I guess I'm just curious how creative intuition is showing up for you this week. Oh, man, that is that is the long story, right? <laughs> so I will try to keep it really short. No, um, you tell, you tell the story. I, I, 
have been. Um, so I think that what I've been talking for a long time about trust and surrender, you know, in my work, and I've been feeling pressure, right? This tension to change, to become something else. And the idea is that we kind of have to, you know, we ask for what we want, but then we kind of have to surrender to this process and say, over and over again at the universe like I'm willing and I'm it's like I, I don't I know that this is not where I need to be because it feels wrong in some way or I feel like something is pushing me somewhere else and I don't know where it's going because it's the thing we never know I don't know where it's going but I'm willing to surrender I'm willing I'm willing I'm willing and I wrote these like this out this like mantra in my newsletter um, just this past week and kind of sent this to people and was like look this is what I did and I did this you know I've done this for a while but like about four years ago I was walking my dog and I was like in this big existential angst living in Pittsburgh dark cloudy skies six months of winter you know and like there was something in me that broke like that polar vortex the global warming like everything was just like i couldn't tune into like the cycle of winter anymore and see it as a good thing i was just like done <laughs> right and recognizing like sad and seasonal affective disorder and this depression that was within me and i was like it was really like bad and i was like oh I, I cannot do this anymore but i have always had i mean this commitment. I have a 16 year old daughter. I've been a single mom from day one, you know, but his, her family's there, my family's there. And I always felt like, okay, well, we're there until she's 18. I've just kind of, I've signed this lease with Pittsburgh until she graduates high school and I can't leave. Um, and, and I just kind of was walking my dog and like was talking to the universe, talking to source, great spirit and was like, I'm done. Whatever my life needs to look like from here on out, um, I'll do it. You know, if I need to not be a healer anymore, if I need to go live in another country, if I need to design something completely different that I've never even thought of, I'm willing because this is working. And I, and I put myself in your hands. Um, and shortly after that, I was in New Orleans. Um, I came here for a little winter snowbird break. I, um, you know, met someone was in a relationship for a minute that was like tumultuous and toxic and brought up all of my shadow work that needed to be cleared out, which was great. Um, and it ended mercifully, <laughs> you know, tumultuously, but mercifully it ended. <laughs> and then, um, but I was already, I was already thinking about the prospect of moving here. And then I realized like, oh no, I still have to move. And my daughter came along and she's like, oh, I told my parents like YOLO, right? That's right. And I was like, oh my God, that's a great reason to move. So we're here. And then next thing you know, it's over and over again, trying to build like what comes next. And I just kind of, it's like that act of saying, I have no idea what's coming means that you have to kind of tune into another dynamic of guidance. Mm -hmm. And that creative is kind of become the only way to live in a way. Like, so I started, like I did a meditation six months ago and it was like this mastermind that I'm in about like, okay, well, where do you see yourself in six months? And I'm doing this meditation and I'm just like, wake up in the morning and look around and where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm not in New Orleans. I was like, six months from now, I'm not in New Orleans. I am in some coastal village in the Mediterranean. And all I know is that the land is ancient. It is deep with history and, and it's pulsing beneath my feet and I'm talking to the ocean and I'm writing and I'm working with clients and I'm still like, but I'm traveling. And I was like, but I'm not supposed to be traveling yet. My daughter's still in school. And what's like, when I get out of the meditation, like that's not right, you know, but I didn't question it. I stayed in my creative intuition space. And um, within the next week I had like, actually like three days later, I, I bought a ticket. I just started searching for flights and the cheapest one was for London. So I booked a flight there. I'm like, my sister's there. And I told my daughter that night, I was like, I just booked a one-way flight to London. And she's like, wait a minute, what? Huh? You know, I was like, oh, don't worry, I'll get a flight back. But I don't know when it's going to be. And I don't know how, where I'm coming from. I'm just trying to like let that flow. And then, um, and then as I was looking, Rome was the, was the way that I was going to fly home. Because it was like $189 <laughs> on one particular day of the year. That That's amazing. A month trip. It was going to be a month. I was like, are you kidding me? One day it was $189 and every ticket before then was like a thousand dollars. Every ticket after then was a thousand to two thousand dollars. I was like, okay, February 2nd, that's when I'm flying. Okay. And so, and I know I can get around easily when I'm there and I'll just, you know, like there's cheap flights that you can get around to in there, but then understanding that Sardinia, um, 
came to me from, uh, I was, I was dating a, for a minute, a Italian man spending some time with him. And he was like talking about, Oh, you, should, you would love this place. And I looked at it and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's, that's it. That's and so Sardinia, Sicily, like that, that region of the Mediterranean. I was like, wow, that's what I saw. That's what I saw in my vision. So oh, that is beautiful. So I just booked the flight and yeah. And I just keep listening and showing up and it's scary. Like it's scary. I think you're not living in creative intuition and enacting it if you're not scared. Right. <laughs> that right. might be another way to say it, but you know, so that's, that's what happened this week. I just kind of started talking about it and putting it out there that this is what's happening. And I looked around and was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is what I set in motion like 10 years ago, four years ago. Gosh, that's beautiful. That yeah, is so beautiful. Yeah. And I love that you say that you're scared because I think that that's something that, you know, even kind of hearkening back to the beginning where we talked about spiritual bypassing is I think that there's sometimes this um, idea that when you become spiritually enlightened or awakened, or you're listening to guides that you're not going to be afraid or doubt or be like, what the heck is going on? And it's the, the ability to push through that and continue to listen and trust and, and move forward. Um, even when it, it doesn't maybe make sense to kind of our conventional world. Right. Fear is huge. You know, it really is a, a huge part of this path. And it's, yeah, it's, and it's instrumental in the shaping of who we become. And unfortunately the fear is not just about this unknown and like beautiful horizon that we might arrive with. It's like every time the fear comes up, it's triggering all of our, all of our, our, you know, wounds that we've experienced in our lifetime, the traumas that we've had, you know, growing up or, you know, interrelational traumas, um, physical, emotional, sexual, all of those things. And then also the ancient traumas that live in ourselves, our, our witch wound, our ancestral, like mother wound, you know, like this, this idea that we can't break out and become this next person because of, you know, like for, from these centuries that we've been having these other messages and the trauma and the pain that lives in the DNA and the trauma, like this is the epigenetics, like this is a real aspect that a lot of us work with. And it's like, it's so hard. Yeah. So fear sometimes it's not even rational. Like you're like, where is this coming from? And you're like, Oh, like generations ago. Okay, great. You know, <laughs> right, not, right. but they're still feeling it, you know? So, but it, yeah, it's, it's um, a constant expansion and clearing and refinement that we're, that we're walking. The, I think the path of spiritual evolution is about refining a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, that, that sits, that sits in my body in like a really truthful way. Like mm -hmm. it is. Um, okay. So, when people want to work with you, how can they get a hold of you? I know Instagram, and I'll make sure to link that in the show notes, but are there other kind of ways to get, a, yeah. get in touch with you? Thanks. Yeah, I really love Instagram because it's such a, like, I really love the visual artistic aspect of it. Like, I just, it's, it's powerful for me and my words and, like, images and things like that. So I really love, I, I took off with that. Um, Facebook, I'm on there as well, but my website um, is currently um, my first and last name. It, it might be transitioning very soon. I'm not sure when this is publishing, but um, either way, if you went to um, alishafroncheck.com um, or sovalumina.com, um, both of them will get you to to my space. Um, and then there's yeah, then it will kind of talk about whether whether it's one-on-one -on -one stuff or I'm you know some of the, the blog, the writing. I've, I love the Instagram because it's a great way for me to keep connecting and sharing messages. And I also have a newsletter that I've been sending out more regularly and um, telling more about my story, different offerings, um, and and those people get to find out first about the different activities that are happening out there too. So yeah, so thank you yeah thank you for the ability to uh, to connect with more people too. I think that. I am really, um, really grateful for the opportunity to do work in this way. Like if anybody's thinking like, do I want to do something that feels fulfilling to me? Or like, do I want to do the daily grind of something else? Like I, I'm a big encourager of how to find the ways to live within your soul's purpose and path. And it's not for everybody. Some people are not called to this or not able in, in these moments in time to kind of shift into this. But I feel, I feel like it's, I feel really passionate around helping people sort through the doubt or the fear or the mm -hmm. why not, you know, and see if they actually are, what the limitations are, internal or external, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So all the different ways to connect with you and I will make sure that those are included so that they can um, have, you know, those web links and stuff. And, you know, this has just been such a great conversation and I can't wait to hear updates from you, you know, about the, the trip to Italy and all the wonderful things that you are offering this world um, as we go forward into a new year. Thank you. Thank you. I'll definitely be posting about that on Instagram and we'll stay connected there for sure. Hey friends, thanks for listening to Leah Rising, a tarot and creative intuition podcast. As of January 2021, this podcast and all of the information is archived, so feel free to listen to the episodes. The wisdom of the tarot is everlasting, but much of the information about um, booking a reading from people has changed in the last couple of years, so know that there isn't a tarot um Instagram account or email address or way to get a hold of me for readings at this point. And of course, I will update that in the future if it changes.